adjust your televisions it is saturday morning but we're still drunk on bro we got episode 111 on the fired up sports network joe welcome in we're waiting on rich not sure uh if he's got some technical difficulties but uh as soon as he pops in we'll we'll drop him in joe what's going on it's a busy 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 sports time oh my god man where do where do we begin it's uh it's it's been a whirlwind with the with the birds with the guys leaving and guys coming in and the cap situation and you know what they're going to do next. And, you know, you got the looming, looming deal. We're going to have to throw Jalen hurts hurts his way. So there's a, there's a lot on the docket, man. There's a lot, man. Listen, the Sixers are, you know, battling for that, that number two seed. I'm sure that, that, that inevitable matchup with the Celtics at some point during the playoffs, you got the Phillies winding down spring training less than a week away from opening day. You got March Madness. You got, you got if, if you can't find some sports to watch, man, <laughs> you you are on the wrong streaming cable service. Whatever you got, <laughs> Joe. Let's just let's just start with the Eagles, man. They got so they're, they're they they make a what what I would say is a couple minor transactions. They got you know the. Just the the last time from the last time we left off, right? The they agreed to the 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 contract with Mariota, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that that's that that deal essentially allows you to have the offense not change very much. You can essentially run that same offense. What are your thoughts on as far as when, when they bring Mariota in? I mean, he's a backup, so you you know. You're not going to really have to rely on him, I don't think, too too much. But the fact that um, he's a, a capable starter, you know, come in and and play as needed, and win you some games is is huge. And the fact that he, um, they they seem to run a very similar offense uh, down in in, in Atlanta. Uh, so I, you're you're not going to have a big drop. I don't think you're going to have a huge drop off between Hertz and and Mariota. Um, you know, he's got that, that athleticism. He can, he can throw the ball, you know, he's, um, I think he's a a perfect replacement for, you know, the fact that we lost Gardner Minshew. Yeah. I mean, you, I I saw, who did I see? Johnny, you like the one one of the guys from the AAT birds, right? He put out a little highlight package of Mariota in Atlanta and a lot of the offense runs, they, they, they run it in a similar way. So I think for me, I like the fact that the, the seamless transition, you know, and fingers crossed, man, you don't ever see Mariota. Mariota doesn't ever see the field unless right. it's like those last couple of games. 
Uh, but knowing that you have that guy on the back end of that, that offense kind of gives you, you know, he, he's not going to run it the same as Hertz, right? You know that he struggles reading defenses, you know, as far as the, the, the intermediate to deep passing game, but having him here, you know, and, and I'm sure at some point during the draft or a free agency, they'll probably bring in a young guy to develop. You know, I don't think that uh, Ian book is, is the, is the next guy in the pipeline, but you know, they are notorious for having those guys in, in the, in the stable to be able to kind of move on. They've kind of made a, a good history of that. So now some of the minor guys, right. You bring in greedy Williams, right. Which I think is, you know, a guy that, you know, it, for all intents and purposes is going to be your third nickel corner. Like not a, not a guy that's challenging anybody, right. You, you could pencil in Bradbury and Slade, but I think, a guy that had a lot of success in college, right? LSU comes with a good pedigree. I think you get him in-house, you develop him. It's a one-year deal. And that's the one thing that I saw, right? The the Greedy Williams, the Justin Evans, the Nick Morrow, the Terrell Edmonds, mm-hmm. they're all one-year deals. Yep. Right? So you're getting those guys cheap. You're getting those guys where if you, you bring them in-house, if you like them, you can extend them. But if you don't, there's there's no long term commitment that you're you're tied down to, so and, and does it out, out of out of those four guys, so right, so Greedy Williams, Justin Evans, you know, and, and Terrell Evans, those are all guys that are on the back end, right? A corner and two safeties, and then Nick Morrow is probably a guy that you can probably pencil in to replace uh, one of those linebacker spots. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cheap. It's uh, low, low risk, high reward uh, uh, signings that that they that they've done. Um, you know, that's just how he operates. You know, he's he's trying to find you know a, a diamond in the rough while you know still trying to manage manage the cap. Um, I mean, they're and the, the good thing about all these guys is they're all young, so you know they're they're out there, they're hungry, they're they're, they're trying to make they're trying to get a deal. You know, they they all want to get. You know, they all want to get, uh, you know, a four-year deal or a five-year, whatever it may be. So it's like, you know, in-game, um, they're, they're trying to, to keep a job here. They're trying to get a contract. You know, these guys have had success. So, you know, I mean, the guy that they got from the Bears, Moreau, was a starter last year. He had 100 and some tackles. Uh, I'm not quite sure if he was there with Desai. I don't, I don't know if their paths crossed. Um, which yeah, I'm not, totally, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but right. Not, like hundred, 117 tackles. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not, that's no slouch. I mean, so he, he, I mean, productive and a guy that did, he didn't miss any games. Yeah. I mean, that's, you want consistency. You want guys that are good. You know, the best ability is availability. So, I mean, if the guy can get on the field and be, be productive and be successful, then it's uh it's, it's a win-win. I love it. I love it. So if you look at the projected, the guys that they lost versus the guys that they brought in, right. You, you replace Miles Sanders with Rashad Penny. I still think that that's a position that they upgrade. Sure. Um, and I want to talk about something in a minute, Joe, because I've, I, I've kind of switched gears and I'm, so you replace <laughs> Sam Alu with Cam Jurgens. Yeah. You know, you replace Javon Hargrave with Jordan Davis. 
Terrell Edmonds maybe replaces CJ Gardner Johnson. Nick Morrow replaces Kazir White. TJ Edwards replaces or TJ Edwards is replaced by Nicobe Dean. There's still a lot of talent on this team. Sure. It sure is. And I, I, I don't think that there's not gonna there's not gonna be as much of a drop off as people think. I think the the amount of players that exited, I think is the alarming piece that people are like, oh my God, we're losing all these guys. The the talent that's still in-house is still pretty impressive, especially on the offensive end, which is where Joe, I want to propose something to you. What are your thoughts about adding Bijan Robinson to this to this offense? Ah. Uh. And, I mean, where, and where does that where 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 can you allocate that pick that you're cool with it? You know, I don't know. I mean, the 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 whole thing with the with the drafting the the running back in the first round and then connecting that to the Eagles is just like something that just just does not happen. You know, he's. No. If he's as, but here's the thing also too that you have to take into consideration. If he is as good as they say he is, then, you know, all your negative thoughts or, you know, it might not be a good fit or why are you taking a running back so high? It's not really uh, an area of necessarily of, of need for what this team needs. Um, I mean, that offense would be just. I mean, it was already unstoppable last year. It would, and it would be, it would go up a whole, a whole nother level um, if he came in here and played like they, they say he's going to play. Listen, Joe, I'm all in on Bijan Robinson at this point. Like, I'm all in on like put as much talent on the offensive end and just outscore everybody. Yeah, because I think like you put the talent of Bijan Robinson on the same field as AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, and that offensive line. Yeah. You 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 can essentially, you know, the only way that you're going to get stopped is if you stop yourself. And I think you have enough talent on defense to out to be able to hold a team and be able to outscore them. I just I'm all in. I, I think if, you know, and Howie's a wheeler and dealer, I think if you trade back from that first pick and maybe take him in the teens or in the 20s, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And then you still have that pick at 30 where now it's completely out of character, right? They, Howie yeah. is, they're, they're never going to draft for need. They're always going to draft for, for position, which is O-line, D-line which is why this is a pipe dream. But the the value, if you can get him at the middle or the late first round, man, the, the, the value at that position and what he will add to this offense far outweighs anything that you would bring in if you get a guy like you know, the, the, the tackle from Northwestern. You know, that, that could be a guy that, you know, could you bring him in and play him? at that guard spot where Sayamao or have a competition between him and Jurgens, Sure. Could you bring in, 
one of those you know D-line guys, whether it's the kid from Texas Tech or Pitt. Like, I, I don't know. I think it may be like the shiny new toy. Like, I'm just like, it's the one, it's the one that when you went to Toys R Us, it's the one that like everybody was like beating each other to get. Yeah. I just, you know, to me, I'm kind of all in on that. I love the idea of adding a dynamic player like that to a team that is like already ready to go. And you can fill in the pieces on defense because they still have a lot of talent on defense. I think they can still hold teams to points if you have enough offense to be able to outscore them. Absolutely. And the the issue with, you know, the 10th the pick is, you know, yeah, obviously we need, I, I you know, we need to upgrade the defensive tackle position. But other than Jalen Carter, who's, you know, got all these these issues and the stuff going on and he's not in shape and this and that it's do you know do you do you gamble do you gamble at 10 on him if he's there would you would you take Jalen Carter at 10 if he's there you know Rich said this a couple weeks ago he he is giving me like this like super bust kind of vibe I don't know why I don't, it's, it's gotta, for me, it's gotta be all the all field stuff because the, 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 the play that he put on tape, like phenomenal game record. Right. And you put him on a D line with him and Jordan Davis. And then you put, you know, Graham and, you know, Josh sweat or, you know, Reddick, Reddick, Jordan Davis, right. You put those, those guys, right. And now you're talking about multiple guys that can wreck a game the off the field stuff has just got me like, like it's, it's, it's the pause that I'm really, really struggling with that. Like, I don't, I I actually, for me, I don't even think he's going to make it to 10. I think there's going to be a team earlier on, you know, a team like Chicago that trades back that, you know, maybe takes him. Yeah. At nine. In the draft. Yeah. they spend a ton. They spend a ton of money in free agency, so they're looking to get a guy, you know, to bring him in on a rookie deal. I just, God, it just for me, it, that becomes really difficult to like full on commit to the yeah. the on the field stuff. Absolutely, but I always think about this. Like, I like drafting guys that I don't read on any other section of the newspaper, but the sports page. Right. And and for me, like that that guy just God, who did who did Rich compare him to? Who was the Albert Hainsworth? Oh, yeah. Right? Gets the yeah. gets the huge contract and then just essentially Falls off. Know, takes a dump on his career. Yep. So I don't know. It just it, it would be intriguing though. I I'll I'll tell you what, Joe, I wouldn't be mad or angry if they brought him in. I think there's a lot of guys that they could take there, right? They could take Christian Gonzalez. They could take the the Skoronsky. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm Northwest. saying that right. Yeah, no, from right. Northwestern. Yeah. Um, you know, you you could take Jalen Carter. You could take God the 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 availability at that pick. I think Joe. I think what you're going to see. I think that is the pick that Howie moves because I think there's value there. I think that they can, they feel like there's enough guys in that 10 to 20 range that they would be comfortable with because I think the run on quarterbacks is going to be high. Oh my I God. I think there could be, I think there could be 
four, three, three, or, three or four before they pick. Right. Which pushes all those position players back. So then the pool of guys, when it gets to, to, to their pick, they're like, all right, well, one of these five guys is going to be there. We're cool. We'll move back four slots. Maybe what does that mean? You know, do they pick up a second? Do they pick up a third? Do they pick up another one next year? Who knows, right? Because they're they're essentially they keep parlaying these these ancillary number one picks year after year. Yeah, and it's just it's putting them in a position to have a really good conversation about still being that elite level team, but being in the position to draft elite talent. Yeah, and I think that that they only have what is it. Five picks or six picks? I think it's five. Yeah. So, you know, they're trying to add draft capital. You know, if, they, if they're if they at 10 and these guys start sliding and the team says, oh, you know, so-and-so's on the board, let's call Philly and, and see if we can make a deal because I really want that guy, you know. There's going to be teams that I, I'm, I'm sure that are that are going to do that, um, you know, and you know how he wants to add picks. Yeah. Yeah. To, to add depth, to, to add to the positions of need. So, you know, I think anything, there's so many things on the, there's so many things that are on the table with this year's draft um, with what's, what's going to be available and what we need. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what, how this all unfold, unfolds. So here, here's a scenario, Joe, right? You've got CJ Stroud, you've got Bryce Young, you've got Will Levis who are all penciled in for picks before the Eagles pick there's probably going to be a team that's going to panic and try to trade up and get Anthony Richardson Mm -hmm. a team that's desperate team that's in that you know we're a quarterback you know we've got enough talent around that we can you know we've got a guy in place we can develop this guy you know it's the kind of thing where like I think that scenario it's very similar if you remember when the when the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson, right? The Eagles have the last pick in that first round. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson is still available and they, they jump up. They, the Eagles trade that pick to the, to the Ravens and they take Lamar Jackson. You know, it could be a scenario like that where a team gets desperate and they're like, well, we need a young quarterback to develop. Let's jump up. And I think how he's good at that. He'll, he'll, he always wins the trade, which I'm totally comfortable with. Absolutely. I mean, he's shown that, you know, for all the, the, the Howie bashers and, and I mean, I was, I was one of them for years, but the fact of the matter is he's, he's a magician, you know, he's a magician with the salary cap uh, and he's a magician with, with, uh, with making, you know, all these free agent moves. It's just, he's got to, he just needs to be more consistent in the in the draft with drafting players that need that uh, players of positions that we need and they need to get on the field right away and be effective and make an impact from from day one. I agree. And Joe, just to, just before we before we switch positions here to to talk about the Sixers, so the Eagles pick at ten, at thirty in the first round, and then they have pick sixty two in the second round. 94 in the third round and then they don't pick again until pick 219 wow so yeah, i i find it i find it hard <laughs> i find it hard to, to believe that the eagles are going to go into a draft and not pick in the fourth or the fifth or the sixth round so they're going to flip picks they're going to pick they're going to trade 
but to have four picks in the top 94, it's not that's cheap. a good, that's a yeah. good, right? That's a good, that's a good pool to pick from. Um, Absolutely. Joe, anything else, Bird, you want, you want to talk about? Uh, man, there's so many things spinning through my head with them. It's, it's just, uh, I, I guess my thing is what, what big impact player would they, would they consider bringing in net next and at what position and at what position do you think All they right, make so the, guy, the splash? The guy, move? The, uh, I do. I do. I think they do. I think it happens on defense. Um, but like there are some still intriguing, you know, vet free agents that are out there, right? The guy, the uh, Keanu Neal, mm-hmm. right? Who's a little older, but is a veteran guy that's still a free agent that, you know, if he hangs around out there long enough, he's going to want to play at some point. So maybe that's a deal that they get done, you know, on the, on the cheap. Uh, Bobby Wagner is a guy that, you know, intrigues me as far as, you know, upgrading that linebacker spot, even though they brought, you know, Nick Morrow in. Um, I don't know though. There, there, there's going to, I feel like there is going to be a move for a guy that's, you know, similar to, you know, Gardner Johnson last year of his deal, you know, they identify him as a guy that's not going to resign with the team. The team wants to move on to get some kind of, you know, to recoup some kind of capital from him. So that I, I think there's another, but there, Joe, there's always, there's, let's be honest. There's always another move. Yeah. You know, the, the God, the, you know, the AJ Brown move, no one saw coming in the draft, you know, the Bradbury deal, they kind of, you know, locked into that one with the giants, you know, moving on from him. The CJ Gardner Johnson thing happens, you know, a couple weeks before the season starts. I think they're they're Joe. They're always on the phones. Howie's yeah. phone is always charged. Always at a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and that you have to consider too. You know, we lose Pascal, who didn't have you know a a big time role in this offense, but still he was a a good quality vet who who had some uh, decent catches here and there. So now you have him gone, and then you have Watkins, who had a, a subpar year. I think too. You have to consider. You know. Who's who's your third receiver? Is is it Watkins? Does Watkins get moved to four? You after after Smith and Brown, you you you've got a lot of question marks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Von C Brewing Company is a 20-barrel, 16,000-square-foot microbrewery with a 2,500-square-foot tasting room, including a spacious outside beer gardens in Norristown, PA, in the heart of Montgomery County. The Von C. family is part of the family that started C. Schmidt and Son Brewing in 1860. Stop in Wednesday through Sunday and taste a variety of draft and 16-ounce cans of originally brewed beer and tell them the Drunk on Broad crew sent you. Von C. Brewing is located at 1210 Stenbridge Street, Suite 300 in Norristown. Cheers! Inclicks are the only glasses for real sports fans. With interchangeable arms you can support all of your favorite teams, or even make and create custom options as well. These die-hard sports fans have realized that sports fans needed something other than face paint to show their love and passion for their teams. Go to teamclicks.com dob and show your love for your hometown team.
La Torrance curated collection of men's and women's watches is a perfect investment that lasts for years to come and fits perfectly with your every outfit and style. Our range of classic watches aren't just a great perfect formal and casual accessory, but a time machine that takes you back to memories. Explore our collection of timeless watches that can reflect your taste, personality, and personal style. Our exclusive collection of carefully curated affordable luxury watches is what you need to make a personalized style statement. You can take pride in your prized possession, handing it over to the next generations as your most loved asset that they can also own and display with the same pride. These high quality pieces stand the test of time, giving exceptional value and return on your investment. Go to lock-tourain.com and use code DOB at checkout and get 10% off. If you're looking for unique sports apparel, check out Streaker Sports. They've dug deep into the archives and have brought back some incredible defunct team logos and have even created entire defunct league collections. They also have collections paying homage to sports culture including the Miracle on Ice, Slapshot, Kadishak, the Mighty Ducks, and even have a license with Wiffle Ball and USA Hockey. Only for drunk on broad listeners, use code BROAD at checkout to get 10% off anything at streakersports.com. Again that's 10% off anything at streakersports.com with discount code BROAD. Joe, the Sixers. Sixers out on the West Coast, right? They play. They play Golden State last night. They listen. They rally from eleven down. They end up losing, you know, late. The you know, the Warriors pull away late, but they're playing this. They're they're out playing the Suns, you know, tonight. But they're you know they're every time I watch this team, man, Joel Embiid is just. It, it, it's 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 an understatement to say he's showing that he's the best player in the NBA. Absolutely, I think now you're starting to see coaches and players around the league. I heard a can't remember the interview podcast, whatever, with uh, Demarcus Cousins saying, this, "You know, it's time to give Joe his flowers." Like, like the the guy is 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 playing out of his mind. Talk to me about about Embiid. Yeah, I mean it's it kind of goes without without saying about the level of consistency and the level of domination. He, I mean, he, he dominates every, every team. There's no, he, you can't, he's unguardable. He's unguardable. Um, and he's in a class and in a, at a level where he, he's up there by himself. He's far, far and away the most dominant player in the NBA. And I, I've given him a lot of crap about, you know, his his work ethic and how he approaches each game and him, you know, with the load management. But that's just the NBA that we're in now. He's um, I can't he's like indescribable about how talented, how elite he's playing right now. Like he's just playing out of his mind and he does it and he looks at me. He makes it look so easy. You know, he's. He looks like he looks like he's a guard. He looks like he's a forward. He looks like he's a center. He's his his presence on the court is just, you know, it can't it can't be matched. It can't be matched. And if he doesn't win the MVP, I 
I mean, I, I don't know what else the guy needs to do. I mean, yeah, there's I like mean, there's got to be like a vendetta or something against this guy to not win to win the MVP at the way at, and the level that he's able to dominate game in and game out. I mean, it's every game. You know, he scored in 40 points, close to 50 points, 35 points, 30 points. Like, he, he you know, he had that game where he only, I think he only scored 12 points the other night, but he, you know, he, he tweaked his calf. Or, you know, he would have scored, he scores 30-plus points without without even trying. You know, you look up and you're like, oh, wow, he's got 36 points. And it's just like, ho-hum. <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> and I, I think I heard someone talking about this, like, like if you if you're a betting person, right? The Joel Embiid over. If you just put just just put a dollar on it every time, yeah, and, and it, it it'll hit because it's you know if I'm if I'm looking back like yeah, they're you're talking about in the in the month of March they're ten and three, they're just winning they're they're winning games impressively, um and even in the you know the, the couple of losses right the, the the game that they lose to Chicago in double overtime, you know the. They're playing really, really well. The Warriors are, are strong at home, um, but it's just ev- it's every night, every night he's doing something. And I think the thing for me that's most important, right, is these games that they're winning in this that that one. You know, they have one, two, three, four, like they, they they win seven and seven seven in a row, maybe. Yeah. He was not – most of those games where he scored 38, 36, 34, 39, 42, 35, he's not even playing the fourth quarter in most of those games. Yeah. And that rest – Huge. It's huge because that allows him to play more and not have those rest games because, you know, he's playing you – know, he, his points per minute is just bonkers, right? He's, he's putting up 38 in like – you know, 29 minutes, like the, the, to have the, the, the point per minute average above one is just showing you how productive he is on the court. And I mean, Joe, there were plays last night where he looked like the point guard. It was wild Yep. to see him just, you know, get the rebound, go full, you know, full tilt down the court and then distribute to, to Maxi for a layup. God, it's just impressive to watch, man. It's, it's, he's just, it, it, and they're going to need him. That rest is going to be super important as they go down the stretch because they're going to need him and they're going to need Harden, which yeah. is why I think th- this trip, I don't think Harden plays on this West Coast trip. No. And you hope that his Achilles is is going to be better with, with, with that rest. You know, he's an, he's an older player. You know, he's got a lot of miles on him. So you, you just hope that that time, that downtime – is going to uh, benefit him and he's going to be back to his, his old self. Um, because I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing with this team is to remain as consistent as possible and be healthy when, when you're, you're get, getting into the playoffs. Um, because, you know, it's, if we, if we're down hardened or, or if Jojo's not, you know, as close to a hundred percent as possible, this team, this team's is pr- probably going to be in trouble because, you know, we've seen in the past where, you know, especially a guy like Harris, who's actually been really, he's been really good. And I, I, I can't, I can't say anything bad about Harris, but it's, it, dude, it's all about the playoffs. Like, I'm so happy to see where they are, but it, I always have this thing in the back of my head. It's like, what is this team going to do 
in the, in the you know in the first round of the playoffs in the second round of the playoffs when the game is on the line yep. you know are these guys going to rise rise to the to the occasion you know if they're playing Milwaukee if they're playing Boston it's you know you know Boston Boston to some extent it, they've got to be they've got to be in their head they've got to be in their head you know it's, I, I I'd be how, really surprised they, if they weren't how do they handle that that's going to be that's going to be that's it for me because you know you can win all these games in the regular season and and show all your dominance, but you know when the chips are on the table, you know you, you got to show up. They've got to do what they're doing now in the playoffs. Yeah, hundred percent. I think yeah, yeah. The the ones they, the last time they played Boston, yeah. The 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 interview with Embiid afterwards, right about the the rivalry between the Sixers and Celtics, and you know I think that the honesty in that quote of it's not really a rivalry because they're they've been kicking our ass for a couple of for a yep. couple seasons. I think they they know right now that unless something monumentally changes between now and you know in the next you know ten games between now and April 9th, I think you're talking about you know, an inevitable matchup in the second round with the Celtics, and you know, God, if you can manage to hold on and, and you know have that number two seed and have home court advantage in that game versus Celtics. Huge. Huge. The advantage of being able to play the first two at home, mm-hmm. but also have that home game of game seven in your pocket just would make a huge difference for this team. So you know the schedule is not going to be kind to them. They're going to earn if they're going to get that second seed, they're going to earn every ounce of it because you know the, the way that the season wraps up, right? They're at Phoenix and Denver, you know, Saturday and Monday. And then they play Dallas, Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's, you know, they're, they're, they're not the, the only cupcake on that schedule is, is, is Brooklyn, you know, at the end of the season, which at that point probably won't be a game. You'll probably see most of the blue coats play in that game. So I, I don't know. I, I love where you know the 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 fight and the battle back because you saw them struggle towards the middle of the season, but they've been you know super impressive. And if I'm looking at, I'm trying to pull up the the the, the standings right now because you've got so they're they're a game and a half back for the Celtics. So. Can you make up a game and a half? You're going to need the Celtics to play to to drop a couple that they're supposed to win, and the Sixers are basically going to have to win. You know that they've got basically one loss in a, in a pocket to be able to maybe move up, but it doesn't look great considering the Harden injury. Oh, yeah, just hard. It's hard to 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 kind of play to play that role. So it is, and you're yeah. all going to need you're going to need this this bench to. To, to show up in the playoffs. And and like I said, it's all about consistency. Like, you know, they they lost last night. You're looking at the box score. Um, and, you know, I go back to George Niang. George Niang is the epitome of inconsistency. inconsistency. He, oh, yeah. you know, he'll give you 15 points, and then he'll give you three points. He'll give you 12 points, then he'll give you no points. It's, you know, those those minutes that you that he does get, he, he's got to – he just has to be consistent. He's got to, he's got to be more more available and more locked in uh, every single night. 
because that's going to come back and bite you in the ass in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Joe, let's switch gears. It's Phillies. The Phillies opening day, right? Start next week. We get the 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 news drops, you know, mm. late late this week, right? You know, the the as soon, you know, I think at this point we've all seen that injury happen, that non-contact injury, right, mm. where you're just running. I think you know right away the most likely scenario is the ACL, right? They 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 do the MRI, comes back, he's done. Essentially ends his career for Hoskins as a Philly, considering he's going to go into free agency. Um, I really love the fact that he had the postseason that he had. If that was going to be the last part of his Phillies career that we remember. Great, great that he had those moments, right? Without Harper having that, that home run to send us to the world series. He's probably that he's probably the MVP of that of that round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, with that injury, Joe, how, what what what's your best case scenario for how they replace him? In terms of you're not going to replace the productivity, you're not going to put you know thirty to forty home runs back into this lineup. But how do you how do you offset that injury so that this team because there's again still a ton of talent throughout that lineup. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I guess, you know, there's there's several different scenarios and def- several different cases of wh- where we can go with this. But um, from what, I mean, m- me, myself, uh, I'm, I'm probably trying to make a move. I'm trying to see, you know, who, who's available and, and at what cost. You're like, obviously, okay. you don't want to give up too high of a, of a prospect. Um, because you know some of these guys that are that are in our system are are actually good now. So yeah, yeah. You, you know it's it's a nice change. Um, you know they're gonna go they're gonna go the Derek Hall route uh, to to start off, um, which I, I'm fine with. I mean here here you go, kid. Like hey, it's it's your it's your time to shine. Like if you're if you're built for this, if you're if you're meant to be up here and be on this team and right. And all that, I I think it's it's his his chance to uh, to do it. I mean, you could you could move Bohm to first and, and bring Sosa to third, which I'm not totally sold on doing that um, because I I don't think I don't think Sosa's a starter. I just don't think he is somebody who um, should be playing every every day. Uh, that's just my own personal opinion. But um, if you are asking me my own personal opinion. I'm trying to see, you know, what what team would would make a first baseman available and and at what cost because you don't you, you want to go with the guy that's more of a sure thing. And I think you're going to get more of a sure thing from a guy who's probably not on this team. Well, I mean, for for me like I I I think at the moment it's going to be a revolving door. Right, you're going to see some combination of, right, Der- Derek Hall, who, you know, is going to be the guy that w- when you need a left-handed bat at first is going to be the guy that they're going to go to. I think when you see a, you know a situation where you're going to need a right-handed bat out of the out of the first base slot, I think some combination of right, Bob slides in and plays first, Sosa plays third. I think that it could be you know could 
Schwarber play first at some point? Maybe. You know, is is it a spot where Real Muto plays first and Stubbs catches? Like it's it's going to be a very creative scenario for Rob Thompson to be able to make this situation work until they commit to something. But I like the idea that they like what they saw out of Derek Hall at the beginning mm-hmm. of the at, you know throughout the season last year when you know the when he has to slide into that lineup. And I like the idea that they're committing to him. Right. That they're not. It's not a wishy washy scenario. You know, next guy up, he's the guy that's going to take over this role, you know, and maybe that that offseason of being able to try to figure out what he's doing wrong when he's struggling against certain pitchers. You know, he he, he does struggle against left-handed pitching. So he's a guy that I'm looking at to say, hey, like, let's figure this out. I think you give him some opportunities to to – to hit against Probably, both right, both, both righty and lefty pitching um, to see if he can. Because if he can and you can create more consistency at that first base position, man, does that then open up that DH spot for you to really get guys rest? And yeah. I think when you, know, when you get Harper back in this lineup, you know, you're, you're now going to create more flexibility, right? Because now – you know, you, you've got essentially a log jam because you've got Harper and Castellanos and Schwarber. Maybe Schwarber plays first. Castellanos, you know, plays the other outfield position. There, there's going to be a lot. The, the lineups that you're going to see are going to be really creative. But I think the thing that's going to be great is the fact that you have talent at the plate all throughout this lineup. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where guys get plugged. You know, it's like plug plug and play, um, and it really I think the X factor is Derek Hall because, you know, if he if he comes in and he's just if he's ice cold, or you know if he's ice cold and he's ice cold for a, a month or or a couple months, like. You know where do they where do they go from there? Because and like you said, he, he, if he's still not having success against lefties, do you, do you do you bring Baum in for first, put Sosa at third? But then you're also affecting these guys mentally because it's like, okay, you have a guy like Baum, Baum plays at third. That's his position. Now he's yeah. in and out of the lineup at a position that he's not used to. So right. you have to factor all that in as well. So there's, it's good. It's really going to come down to Hall being like he's got to be in, he's got to be on, and he's got to be on like right away. I agree. I agree. It's going to be important for him to be able to to establish that position early, and the more that he can be consistent with that, man, I'm I'm, I'm all in. Um, Joe, the ESPN put out their top 100 baseball players. I saw this. <laughs> joke there there could not have been more of a joke right you, here's the great thing joe right you add trey turner who is now the number eight player right in in, in major league baseball that addition of that player in this lineup right and you saw i think a little preview during the world baseball classic of exactly what you're going to get out of this guy 
And that guy, the number eight player in baseball, was batting in the six, seven, eight spot in that line. <laughs> and the 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 amount of productivity that you saw in that short span, right, in this ballpark, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're going to see the home run numbers go up. I think you're going to see the stolen bases numbers go oh. up. Um, I'm just waiting for that 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 first smooth, effortless slide into home yeah. where it just pops up <laughs> and just kind of like casually walks into the dugout. Yeah, like that big deal. Um, talk about talk about him real quick. Oh man, I mean, you gotta you gotta love that guy. You gotta got love a guy who, you know, he's just he's a winner. And he wants, he just wants to win and he, and he can do anything and everything. Like he is elite. He's an elite fielder. He's an elite base runner. He's an elite hitter. He can hit singles. He can hit doubles. He can hit home runs. This team now can play real small ball. You know, he can, he can hit the, he'll probably hit 30 home runs. With, I, I think I, think I have no no doubt more. no doubt that he'll probably hit around thirty home runs, but he can also. It's all about him getting on base, yeah. you know, and driving in runs, like yep. you know, and then that that, you know, that game right, yeah, that the, that that spring training game right. He gets yeah. on base, steals second, Schwarber hits ball in a gap. Within three pitches, they're up one nothing. Yeah, and that's what it's going to be like. Every single time he's up to bat and every single time he's he's on base. Where is Trey Turner? You know, you got the you got the timer now with the pitchers. You got the timing, the timer now with, when you're up, up up to bat. There's no shift. So this this team you can you can, is, you can only you can only throw a pickoff throw twice. Right. And then so as soon as that awarded, second pickoff play goes, then you're awarded a base. So there's he is gonna screw with all these pitchers. hundred <laughs> percent. It's a great problem to have, and and he's and he's on our our team. So he is, um, all around. He's he's just amazing. Probably one of the best players, um, that that we've that we've ever had on our team. So I can't wait because you want to talk about consistency. I mean, the guy hits for average. Uh, you know, getting on base and and stealing bases. And he's he could just fly, man. He can fly, and this is wild. he's wow. He's going to be so much fun, though. I mean, yeah. Look at the World Baseball Classic, and you know, transition that to to the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. Oh my God, I can't, I can't wait, dude. I can't wait. You got it. Hey, listen, and then you listen. You 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 get Real Muto is at twenty one. The craziest part for me, right? No, Aaron Nola is number twenty six <laughs> ahead of. Zach Wheeler in this, in this list. Right. But the big, the biggest travesty, right. You have in order to find the guy who was last year's MVP basically carried this team with one arm to the world series. Joke haters is number 58. There is no way that you can with a straight face sit here and tell me that Bryce Harper is the 58th best player in Major League Baseball. You I just can't. <laughs> I think they're just they're looking for they're looking for clicks. They're looking for you know a hundred percent. They get a reaction. Like, 
people. But you, because anybody the, the, that knows the sport and anybody that knows baseball knows that that's a crock of crap. Yeah. The, the, the two guys ahead of him, right? Jeff McNeil, Cedric, Mullin, Cedric Mullins, Brandon Woodruff. Come on, man. That's, Dan, that's, Dansby, Dansby Swanson, yeah. Matt Olson. That's a joke. Uh, Matt Olson's not bad. Jeremy Payne. Right? The, the, there's joke. no way. It, 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 that, I don't know. It just bothered me. But, Joe, anything else you want to talk about before we before we jump out here into final thoughts? Uh. Man, it's just from from the guys that are healthy, they we we really can't we we need to stay healthy from from here on in. We really we can't. It's going to be really hard uh, to to take another major injury. You know, we need to get these guys back, get these guys healthy, um, because you can't you can only plug and play so much. Right, it's going to be you know getting off to a good start and staying healthy, man. Got to stay healthy. Sounds good. Listen, everybody, it's been a wonderful Saturday morning. Go get your uh, go get your your, your Wawa hoagie, right? Go go find the the March Madness games. I'm sure everybody's bracket is toast right now, so just go watch some some good college baseball. You got the the Sixers tonight. And God, we're ramping up for for opening day of Major League Baseball. So uh, really, thanks uh, for for everybody tuning in, checking it out on the podcast. We got the the highlight tapes we got the go check out the sponsors you'll 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 hear them in a minute um but really appreciate everybody tuning in joe go birds go birds this is the broad street line where philly sports fans leave all of their sports hot takes call 2674053062 and show us your passion for philly sports don't forget to tune in every Wednesday at 8.30 when we listen to your live reactions to the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles!